The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Lane Quetteris. Lane is an actor, comedian, and findom living in Brooklyn. Lane has spent the last 15 years of her life as a financial dominatrix, but she only recently started telling friends about her career. She talks to me about the stigma of sex work, navigating the world of findom, and balancing her two lives. Hey, Lane, how's it going? Hey, it's pretty pretty good. Cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on to chat with me today. Yes, thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. What did you want to talk about? Yes. So I would love to talk about um, my relationship to my day job. And that is, I am a financial dominatrix, um, which I'll explain that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that an first. immediate, like, a clarifying question. That? Yes. Exactly. Yes. So, um, Normally, a dominatrix or dom is a person who the submissive or sub relinquishes their power to. And in financial domination, the sub relinquishes their power, also money, because capitalism, (laughs) to me. So essentially, their kink is giving me money, which is great. (laughs) Which is like, yeah, Uh, what an incredible thing to tap into of like, oh, wow, I found this world uh, where people just give me money. Yes, it's been wild. Um, And it's it's been this wonderful journey with the job. um, But there's also been a lot of hard stuff and especially the biggest thing I faced is a lot of shame and stigma around sex work because it is sex work. Um, and me having to kind of move through that and figure it out. Um, I kept it secret for a long time. Even we, we know each other. Yeah. I Um, guess. Yeah. I've known you for, I don't know, probably six or something, at least six years, probably. Yeah. I I feel like I found out about this. I don't know, two or three years ago. Yeah, to something exactly. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I kept it secret for a long time. Thanks a and... lot, Lane. I thought we were closer than no. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's this thing that you like, you were like, I have this thing that I do in my life, but I know there is a stigma to this. And so yes. I am like keeping a distance from my community of people. Yes, especially the comedy community. I think as a girl doing comedy already, you're trying to prove yourself and and prove that you're smart and funny. And I think the idea of me also being a sex worker, I could be possibly written off as a bimbo even more easily. <laughs> <laughs> being like a blonde pretty girl doing comedy, like you already got. Yeah, you're already the, checking um, these boxes and then you ways. have this other, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, I do this other thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> also, I do this very wild day job <laughs> where men will kiss my feet or I'll meet them at the ATM. <laughs> um, yeah. It yeah. What percentage crazy. of this is just like being at an ATM with somebody? Like how much time do you spend around eight people's ATM? <laughs> other ATMs with other people's 
car credit cards or debit yeah, cards, I guess. Yeah, I would say pretty minimal because it's also the act of that is pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> like that's Like if fair. we're talking hours yeah. wise. But yeah. there's a decent amount of that sometimes. Um, so th this is what we're describing right now is called a cash meet where oh, okay, they will okay. meet me. This is a specific thing, yes. It's a specific thing, yes. And so um, there's a, a wide range of stuff within financial nomination. And one of the things is um, cash meets. And they can either meet me at the ATM, they put in their card and their pin, and then they step to the side and I take over. <laughs> and as you can see, like you can see how that can be so vulnerable for them and how it is this real interesting power dynamic. Um, I've had one sub, uh, a client of mine, describe it as um, like, it's, it's like being naked, except for him, he's like, I've gotten naked a bunch of times in front of them. <laughs> like, this is much more vulnerable for me. And are these people, like, I guess it's like, I'm sure you have a very wide variety of people that you you are like in your clients or whatever but it's like are they generally people who have more money and for them this is like no oh, i haven't oh no they don't have they don't no. or i guess it's a range this is the, everyone assumes it's people with like money that they're just throwing around yeah there's a good amount of people that have a lot of money that that is is the case but there's a lot of people the reason they're into this is because they have this interesting fraught relationship with money, which we all do. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of kink and fetish is facing our deeper, darker fears and the taboo. And a lot of it is it can be actually kink can be incredibly healing because essentially the reason people might be into humiliation or, you know, even some pain or degradation or whatever is because it's facing like a real actual um, feeling or experience maybe they have, or maybe they just like the taboo, but um, they're changing their experience to that um, and turning it into pleasure. So let's say like they were teased a lot by girls by about their height and yeah. they could come to me and they will ask me one they have autonomy because they're like i want you to tease me about my height and then on top of that they are changing their relationship to it and they're experiencing pleasure and so they're instead of stuffing this down and just trying to pretend like you know i don't feel this way about my height they're bringing it up they're facing it and they're experiencing that same sensation um, with pleasure attached. And also fear has been described as um, excitement, but without breath by some psychologists. I read that in the book, Existential King, <laughs> which is a great book. Highly recommend it. Um, it's all about doing the shadow work um, to be more conscious with what you're choosing in your life. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it's basically people being like, this is a thing that stress can't has stressed me out. Or like, I've had a negative experience with this in the past. So this is my way of just trying to control or change the script on this part of my life or something or like, yes, yeah. exactly. And that's one way some people are like, I just like it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of different reasons that people are yeah getting into this. Did, yes. So I'm curious, like, wh what 
how did you like find out about this world? Was it something you like just stumbled into? Like what? Yeah. What got you like into this to be like, wow, this is an incredible subculture that I didn't know existed. But now I'm going to pursue this. Yeah, it was a slow stumble. Um, It started with uh, I had a friend that did these foot fetish parties and I went and checked that out and (laughs) I was the bell of the ball. <laughs> I said I have <laughs> amazing feet, apparently. Um, so I did these foot worship parties, and then I started doing um, private sessions eventually after that, where it was more foot worship, and then more and more people asked me to do domination, um, which I, I have discovered I'm good at because <laughs> it's it's just doing improv. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say it probably feels very like okay, yes, and, and yeah, this I'm is... just yes ending guys who are hard. <laughs> Sometimes they want me to take control, but they have a very specific script, but they don't want to communicate that, and they want me to just mind read it. Out oh, so of you're them. playing this game of like, is this path? Nope, they don't want that. Like this path, yes. and you're like trying to go around figuring out like which is the way they want you to like be a dominatrix in this scenario yes yeah exactly it's like playing hot or cold yeah (laughs) (laughs) like are we getting closer to the thing um yeah it's it's really wild so we i did that and then eventually um i had a a client of mine asked to go to the atm and then i quickly discovered financial domination especially on twitter okay and that opened up the world in a whole new way. So going back to your original question, the majority of what I do now, especially post pandemic, is actually not even that much in person. It's a lot of Skype sessions, um, me just kind of sending videos while they type, uh, things like that. And as a result, I can do a session with someone who's anywhere in the world at any time, which is really also interesting. It seems like the journey for you, it's like there's just been this one journey of like learning what this is and getting very into it. And then the other yes. journey kind of paralleling this, is it becoming a part of your kind of into, life, like letting people into this part of your life, I guess. Yeah, is, yeah. Because obviously I'm, it was a part of my life, but it was so, so kept se- separate. Like, yeah. Um, And it was very confusing to navigate because I would be like, really excited about being like i just took a thousand dollars out of this atm and like and then i just show up at at our sketch comedy rehearsal being like hey guys what's up um <laughs> nope nothing new going on for me today <laughs> yeah so yeah so it's like you're you're living the secret in a way that it seems like even the way you just set that up is like feels a little isolating yes it was it's very isolating and i absolutely was like living the secret and um it was also very confusing with my relationships i was in in the earlier stages when i was the most closeted about it i was in op- two open relationships which is hilarious because it, it like here we were they had a lot of weird stuff around it around sex work and we were allowed to have sex with other people but they were like, I don't really want to hear about that too much or see it or maybe even didn't want other people to know, too. 
Um, so that was also really frustrating, really complicated. Um, and it was just this weird double standard because I have much clearer boundaries with what I do. Um, you know, financial domination, there is all of the, obviously these elements of, um, regular domination, like it's not just, there can be humiliation, there can be tease and denial, foot worship, whatever. But I have super clear boundaries that I also had to develop over time. Um, But the (laughs) the fact that it's like, we can have full-blown sex with other people, but the fact that you make money doing something that's remotely sexual, like that's not okay. So you're saying like the open relationship part was fine if you were to like hook up with somebody. Right. People would have like people you were in this relationship with. You'd then say like, well, I'm doing this for money. And they would feel weird about that. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely some weird feelings around the other stuff, too. But we were much more open about the open relationship stuff. Whereas this stuff. Yeah, there was. It's not like one thing was totally okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. But there were just these weird shame feelings going on. Um, for instance, you know, one of one of the people I was in a relationship with, um, I he he was like, you can't do this. If if we get married, like we're you, you gotta stop doing this. And he was like, because I don't want my my wife doing this. But if we got married, we would still be in an open relationship. Like that was okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's so it's again, it's like this weird these pillars that are being created of like there's this open relationship pillar and there's like your sex work pillar and like yes. that they both they don't exist together, even though in theory they're the same like you're they're all kind of living in the same world. Yeah. And I would buy into some of that. I mean, I remember this that one thing about you know, not wanting his wife to do this and me pushing back a lot. Um, and he was like, well, it's a safety concern, which is also a whole other thing I face because it's like, well, why is it a safety concern? It's because of the way we treat sex workers. Yeah. They made all these really intense rules and they claim it's anti-sex trafficking. And some of it is, but a lot of it ends up hurting sex workers. So for instance, one of my biggest selling clip types. Um, so I, I make clips, I make porn. <laughs> it's not the most typical porn you would expect. Um, it a lot of times can be very silly. porn. <laughs> but um, so when I do these cash meets, I would um, have video of it. And it would sell like crazy, like because people absolutely love this. And you are not allowed now to show anyone giving you cash. Oh, which interesting. Because you're being like paid for sex work, even though, again, I'm not having sex. We're literally in public. You're also not allowed to be in public, even if no one else is shown in public. The, these rules are insane. Um, and what's crazy is it's like I'm paying taxes on my porn money, which is sex work. And so like, obviously like I'm getting paid through MasterCard and Visa. So they're fine with the implication of us being paid, but showing us get paid. Like that's yeah. not allowed. Yeah. And I guess these barriers are basically just making it like you go back, going back to like the safety aspect of things that like this partner brought up to you as like, Oh, this is safe. This is, 
I don't feel like this doesn't feel safe. It's right. like, I guess these barriers then like put people in and I don't, you know, not you specifically, yes. but I know it like puts a lot of people, the the ways they have to like do their work becomes harder. And then as a result, potentially more dangerous is like yes, one of these elements. Exactly. Of it, right? um, yeah. And I've been very lucky that I do a lot more online and um, have a system in place, but not everyone has that luxury. Yeah. And so like, again, so kind of, kind of going back to like this idea of how has your community kind of, and like, I don't know if it's community or like people in your, you've had in relationships with, but how has that like morphed as you started kind of like talking about it more? Yeah. Um, my current boyfriend who I'm in a monogamous relationship with has like maybe the best relationship with this, um, uh, with, with it and with me about it. And mostly it's because we talk about it and we unpack our shame rather than just be like, this makes me uncomfortable. So we're just not going to deal with it. Um, you know, everyone I would say in my community has been amazing. What has been really tough is as I've been much more public about it, I am obviously facing the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and I've already had to face the internet from my like Dom persona. So I have like a Findom Twitter and it's kind of, it's fantasy. It's its own persona. I don't show my full face when I do it, by the way. So, you know, there's still a level of like trying to just have some protection, some privacy um, because of the stigma and everything. Yeah. And also men's relationship to sex and shame can get really sticky and a lot of their anger, a lot of their um, intense feelings gets directed at me and I get vilified, which is also part of the fantasy. So it gets really complicated because they want me to be the villain. And so I try to play the villain as best I can while maintaining, you know, my own morals. Um, but a lot of them have trouble discerning fantasy and reality and there's a lot of there's also a lot of darkness around a lot of kink. And especially if these people aren't um, working with a therapist or really unpacking this, like at least I am an outlet for them to be able to explore this and do it in like a safe, contained environment. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you have this like you again, I, you've been doing this for a while where you have like a not like a therapist perspective, but it seems like, again, you mentioned yeah. a book you read before about that. Like, it seems like you have spent a lot of time in this world where you seem to almost like, I'm sure there's an element of when you're dealing with people kind of like actively, or maybe it's not even active, but you're just kind of like, oh, this feels like this kind of scenario. Or like, you're almost kind of like, oh, I could see the the dynamic that's happening here. Yes. I also geek out hard on therapy and yeah. <laughs> all things psychology. Um, uh, so yeah, so I also already have quite a bit of knowledge in that world. Um, and then on top of that, yes, obviously I've been doing this for 15 years and it's also complicated because it is what I do is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And a lot of these guys come to me and they don't see a therapist. And I'll be like, you should also like talk to a therapist about this. Like, I'm happy to talk about this with you and, you know, explore this with you, but you should also do this too. And they'll be like, I can't tell a therapist about this. I could never tell a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally their job. 
but they have so much shame that like the idea of talking to someone who's professionally trained in this, that there are like sex positive therapists yeah. that exist. They're like, nope, absolutely not. It, it can be really hard to watch this guy over however many years, you know, like let's say small penis humiliation is the thing I do. And it's a huge request. And there have been so many of them that I have been like, just so you know, like, like side note outside of the session, like I'm happy to play into this fantasy, but like, I don't believe this. <laughs> like, and, and they also want to um, make me into this like girl. That's like, all I care about is like a big dick and nothing <laughs> else. And, and minimize me as like a human. Right. And, and make me be this like shallow thing to them. And it can be really hard. Well, yeah, and you, well, you have that, like, you. it seems like what you're describing is, like, this humanity to you where you're like, yes. yeah, I could play this, like, yeah, I only want big dicks or whatever, the, all <laughs> all I want, but at the same time, like, you don't, like, you're, there's part of you I'm that's like, being like, you that. don't need this, this is not, you know, like, <laughs> also, like I like much more in a person yeah. than their dick size. <laughs> and some of them, sometimes, I'll even get so frustrated with them that I'll start making fun of them instead of for their dick size I'll be I'll make fun of them for being so small minded to think that all I would care about is dick size, <laughs> which is not what they want. It's not what they came to. Yeah, they're like, no, 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 go back. Just just I want this one thing over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I just get so frustrated by it that I, I have to, you know, express what I need to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, it, uh, and, it's, back just, and forth. it's just I, I appreciate that you're kind of like. Yeah, you can be more than like if this is not this doesn't need to be your whole like this doesn't need to control your life and right. But and at we the can same play time, this and we yeah. can play in this little container. But also, <laughs> um, there's also a thing about aftercare that people talk about. But unfortunately, with Skype sessions, with you know, a lot of these people, I don't have an in-person dynamic with. Um, you know, they'll just hang up. They'll they'll basically like, come and hang up immediately. <laughs> like mid come, they'll hang up on me. Which is fine, but um, you know, it, it's it's really nice when they are open to be able to just talk about things and have a real conversation with me, rather than yeah, again, seeing me as this like two dimensional evil woman who just wants to hurt them. Yeah, because that's like the role that they hired you for, and you're like, yeah, I'm also this a normal a, a person who exists in the world other than this persona. Yeah, and most people understand that with like regular acting, they're like, yeah, oh, they're playing yeah, yeah, a yeah. part, and like, you know, you go on. Set oh, she walked like, off stage, <laughs> and now she's a regular person again, and now it's like, yeah, in their mind that that like doesn't compute for some people. Yeah, and again because it's they get to exist then in like I am fully the victim. I don't play a part in things that are happening to me. This is just uh, other people and other things being forced upon me. Yeah. And I don't agree with that <laughs> reality. <laughs> I don't live in that reality, so um it it can be really hard for me to move through it sometimes. Yeah. The reason I've been much more public about it. I've been writing a show all about it. It's called Sex Job. And so starting to post on the internet as me, Lane, uh, that I do Findom has been really wild. Um, I mean, one, writing the show has been so healing for me. 
um, to get to share my inner world with the outer world. Um, but what's been also really complicated is people have been approaching me lane to do Findom with them. Oh. And that gets just I f even more complicated because I'm like, okay, well, I need to really be me. If, if my name is attached to this, like I have much stricter boundaries. Um, and so I'm, I'll get messages, you know, DMs in my Instagram being like, um, you know, will you blackmail me to make me and send you everything? First of all, <laughs> blackmail is a felony. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a, also a huge fetish. And I have a lot of people that will also approach me that will be like, I just want you, I can't just send money unless I'm forced. So I need you to blackmail me. <laughs> Which is again, like them. The, the other thing I face is these guys trying to let go of control. And their way of doing that is to try to force me, a dominatrix, to do things that I will tell them I don't want to do. And then tell themselves I'm controlling them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's it a gets, mind like, very... fuck. <laughs> it's an absolute mind fuck. And they won't understand that. Like it's I'm like, I don't want to risk getting a felony charge for you to send me a couple hundred dollars. Like that's not interesting to me. Um, and also there's a lot of people that are time wasters that, that bother me. So the fact that that's showing up, in my personal DMs has been very complicated. Yeah, so it's like, basically, it's like you've had this kind of, again, this world that has been created on these certain social media sites and handles and things like that. And now it's like yes. you posting as regular lane about this show, you're yes. getting random messages off of like things you're posting that are just like pulling you in. It's like the regular lane is getting pulled into this world. And you're like, no, I'm just, I'm being regular lane talking about this other world right now, but I'm not putting on that character right now. I'm just trying to be me right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, also, speaking of social media, my Findom Twitter, um, I really grew and I, I'm kind of a huge deal in Findom, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I really am. And my Findom Twitter had over 57,000 followers and it got shut down. Wow. And they never told me why. They just said I violated the guidelines no reason exact reason no one ever got back to me when i tried appealing like just completely shut down and my new account is so shadow banned and it's so, it's just very frustrating i mean i even when all some tiktoks i'll post that are fully clothed nothing even remotely sexual seeming but just the fact that this is a kink they will shadow ban or they've taken down videos i've appealed and gotten them back up but because again it's like i'm technically not breaking any rules um but it's another thing that i face being a sex worker that all sex workers face instagram yeah. is the worst instagram they'll just shut you down immediately um but if you're like a celebrity that's cool. <laughs> That's fine. Like, get as nude as you want. But <laughs> if you're a sex worker, absolutely not. How they have set up, like, yeah, what's allowed and what's not feels there's no consistency to it. Yeah. Especially because technically what I do is legal. So it's it's not a legality thing, um, though. Also, 
decriminalize sex work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, but yeah, I have had not only my Twitter shut down, my Amazon account has been shut down. My <laughs> And I had an $8,000 gift card balance that was just gone. I did not really? get that money. Yeah. So it's, so I guess like people would be sending you gift cards through it. Like, yes, that's, that's like would, yeah. a form of yeah um, tribute, we call it. Okay. <laughs> um, my PayPal was shut down. I do not have PayPal, even my personal PayPal now, because um, I have like a business account yeah. for it. Um, and basically they just say like, you, you're not allowed to do any like adult work. So it's a nice gray... <laughs> area term <laughs> that can just be a blanket statement but an adult work, an accountant an accountant is adult work <laughs> like it's so funny that the like the, 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 the way they're <laughs> yeah what the way kind of adulting adult are we talking work. about yeah here? like every like being an adult is any we're all doing work as adults yeah we're all just being adults <laughs> like it's so funny that just the second sexuality comes into things people just literally shut down <laughs> yeah what well, this is i the last i yeah one thing i was thinking of as you mentioned this like people, the idea, the, the idea of sexuality, and you brought this up earlier. You were saying you get people who will like try to engage you from your public account, your regular kind of lane account. Yes. But do you also get like people who are kind of like trying to shame you for doing yes. what you do? Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's that's the other thing that I face a lot. So yeah, I mean, shame me for doing sex work, or there's a lot of people that even in the kink world that are like. Findom is ruining like female domination and BDSM. And it's like, okay, uh, way to kink shame in the kink community. Yeah, because it's Um, like, I feel like that community is very good at being like open and, and yeah, to say like, oh, everything's okay except for this feels. Yes. (laughs) And it again is very complicated because there are a lot of people in the Findom world that have addiction issues with you know, other things in their life too, but will also have addiction issues with Findom. And again, what's complicated is sometimes part of the fetish is like the addiction um, is like, I can't, again, it's losing control. It's, I can't help it. And so they will be like, oh my God, I want to relapse for you so bad. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, again, because it's like, okay, well, this is fantasy, but I don't know how real this is in their life. And I never know anyone's exact financial situations. And I've also even had, I mean, I remember especially this one guy, but this has happened in so many other scenarios where this guy will come to me, be like, I want you to take out a thousand dollars. Like he will literally be like, take out this exact amount. And so I will do that during a Skype session. And by take out, I tell him to send it and he does. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's the most consensual thing. And then the second after he has had an orgasm, he is saying like, you're ruining my life. Like I have an addiction issue. Like don't like, they'll be like, how dare you do this to people? Like you're a horrible person. You're, you're basically the same as a drug dealer. And one you can have an addiction to anything, right? Like, yes, drugs, but even like food and not all food is bad. It's yeah. your relationship to it. And <laughs> and it's so complicated because for some people, it can be 
a good safe outlet for them to work through this stuff. And I would also say like, at least, you know, something like drugs or alcohol are also like affecting your physical health that also cost money that like, at least this is just the money part. And if anything, you know, it's, it's a way for them to have a consequence to the action and to be like, okay, this is what happens. And that's not my job to, you know, hold that for them. Like that is their job. I I provide a service. They come to me, they ask me to do the service and I do. And, you know, unfortunately, because it sometimes can be intermingled, like I will let people play into the like relapse fantasy to a certain extent. And I just have to really use my judgment as best I can with such little information. Like literally sometimes all I'm getting from this person is just them typing me some messages. I don't know how much money they have. I don't know yeah. what oh, their the rest of their life looks like at all. Um, so I just do my job. Yeah, and you're like, so you're balancing this like responsibility to being like, well, you came to me for a thing that I'm giving you. Yes. And sometimes there is a certain level of like self-destruction that we need to do in order to be able to change or grow or um, whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's very, very complex. Um, and I try to talk to them about their relationship to it. And, and that a lot of the time there's, there's a shame element that is getting in the way and oh, they could just get rid of that shame. If they could just unpack it a little bit, you know, the fantasy for me is everyone would have a healthy relationship with it. But unfortunately, not everyone does. And um, I I do my best to help them have as healthy of a relationship as they can if they let me. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think we talked a lot. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to bring up that I didn't ask you about or you didn't get to bring up. We covered a lot of like a really deep, like deep, dark, uh, wild subject. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. And I appreciate you navigating us through it all yes Um, all the complexities yeah uh and if people want to find out more about you i guess we know a lot about one version of what you do but like (laughs) yeah in the regular regular lane uh (laughs) yeah so where can people find out more about what you got going on yeah so um i so i created this show sex job so you can follow the show um at sex job show on Instagram and Twitter. And I have some show dates coming up um, uh, here in New York City, uh, April 2nd at the Magnet Theater at 7.30 and April 29th at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. There's going to be more dates and I'm also taking the show to Edinburgh for a full run in the Edinburgh Fringe. So I'm very excited. The show's really, really special. I I cannot recommend it enough. There is, um, not only do I have wild stories, as you can see just from the little bit of stuff we've talked about, but um, it's very interactive. I teach someone in the audience how to do Findom. I play a game show called Did I Do That For Money? There is, <laughs> <laughs> there is a follow the rules as a sex worker obstacle course. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, guess what? The rules always change. <laughs> That's what happens. Um, yeah, it's it's a really great show. So follow those. And then my uh, personal socials, um, like my comedian <laughs> stuff is at Lane Queteris, which is on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. And you can see stuff about the show there as well. Cool. Well, thanks so much again for sharing, Lane. Yeah, you're very welcome. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. <laughs>